Hey, everybody, this is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I did some research this week. I watched a show. This week, we are covering Hulu's Pam and Tommy. This has a public narrative that has just become a bad, untold urban legend myth that (laughs) really, really, we are ready for this to be told in a serious way. I think the parallels here to impeachment crime story could not be (laughs) greater in terms of just thematics, not in terms of tone. This is a black comedy, very, very different. Impeachment is is, as serious Serious. as a court case. But in terms of what they're trying to talk about, in terms of uh, the feminine place, but getting stuck between masculine BS and women being caught in the middle of nonsense is really what this is about. Uh, yeah. Right at this interesting time where the in- the internet is emerging and the internet becomes the central tool that allows both of these stories to really unfold in such a unprecedented way for the time. Um, yeah. This is a story that my, our generation and, and people younger than us, we don't know this. This is something that we have just treaded over. And so there is more here to tell and some some records to set straight. So yeah. and a bizarre telling too. It's this is the our thesis of why this now. It's because you thought you knew about it. Um, but it starts with this original article. Amanda Chicago Lewis is the journalist, and she managed to find and interview the guy who stole their tape and put it out into the universe. And this so is the, the biggest Seth Rogen yeah. plays that guy uh, mm-hmm. th- that ends up stealing the tape. And this is part of the story that I'm I'm the most interested in knowing actually the truth about, uh, because I, I'm interested, obviously, in Pam and Tommy and the fallout of their marriage. But his story, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. And that's really what threw people for a loop, even jumping on to make this the cultural consciousness around it was very much, oh, they leaked it or it was a sly PR move or somebody that they knew had it and then got into the wrong hands. No, this was a criminal act. They had it flat out stolen, literally also in a safe, very secure, (laughs) removed. And the person (laughs) stole the safe and ripped it open and took all this stuff. So it was not something that they did want. Whereas we'll see when we talk about other sex tapes and celebrity hijinks, it is a PR move or it's very much seen as that later down Mm -hmm. the line as like, oh, that was good for them. Whereas this was not. This was not good for them. (laughs) And definitely not good for Pamela Anderson for what she wanted to do. That becomes central uh, once the cat is really out of the bag. It's even said flat out in dialogue is, you know, Tommy is equating. He's like, well, I'm on the tape, too. And, And she has to flat out say, like, this is much, much, much worse for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so none of this, what actually happened to them was even premeditated by the person who stole it. Rand Gautier or Gauthier, we'll just call him Rand, but he is yep. this electrician. The article really does center on him because that's the person that the journalist, Amanda Lewis, could talk to. She found him and got him to explain all of this. But now he's off the grid and he's not available for comment and is doing off, mm-hmm. still electricianing. But uh, Hmm. yeah, physically and illegally took this thing from their home. And what's interesting is the article makes it apparent the thing took two years for it to go viral, first in VHS and then online, and made $77 in legitimate sales, not including the people that just copied it. But this guy, Rand, who stole it, evaded the police, lawyers, media, biker gangs, all of that, 
that comes into the show, he didn't make a single penny off of it. Kind so of it is this tragedy on his side of being like your greed and revenge took your life away and put you on the run and you didn't even get anything they out do, of it. They do a great job of getting you to empathize with him uh, being played by Seth Rogen. He has this kind of like clumsy, you know, air to it. And you, you very quickly get lulled into, oh man, I could see how somebody would be that mad that they would want to get back in some way because this object seems so impenetrable, you know, that, that yeah. it's put up as they do all this work. Tommy, keeps changing the plan on the renovation of their home and then tommy ends up just firing them without paying them and then keeps all of their tools and stuff like that yeah and so he gets put in this corner where he can't even go back and get his tools back and he's wondering how in the world is he going to even like <laughs> i mean he's got to pay rent you know <laughs> yeah so, so it, it, I, I had no context for any of this so it was very interesting to get like for me to be that quickly lulled into his ramp up to about to commit a serious crime. <laughs> right. And, you know, nobody knew anything about this until 2014 when this article came out where she was able to talk to this guy. And I looked into it wow. and there's no record of him ever getting arrested for it either, because I guess the evidence and whatnot wow. is not there, you know, but it was everybody knew that it was him and that he did it. And so, like you said, he went in there and took it after being you know, short shrifted by Tommy Lee. Pamela Anderson wasn't even involved. Exactly. And that's a, that's the point I was making at the beginning is this is a, a rift between, you know, this is a business rift, contractor, bull, BS. <laughs> this had nothing to do with Pamela Anderson, and she is the one most hurt in, in the end by it, in, yeah. irrevocably hurt in a way that the two of them can't be. Um, yeah. So that, that is what this story is about. So with this story, I don't hasten to you know bring up all the details because that's what the show is, but there are points of interest that it does seem ridiculous or with something like this where it is telling a story that people don't really know, it's worth extrapolating on what actually did happen versus right. what the show is just throwing out there. And <laughs> basically, I could say, even having not seen the show, but reading through it, everything is pretty much true <laughs> with what really? happened yeah i mean maybe <laughs> some some things some timelines shifted around but basically right. yeah You're judging of the facts i believed most of the pam and tommy relationship stuff i was seeing it was really the the rand stuff that i was like i can't believe this i can't believe <laughs> and it keeps going he keeps falling down this rabbit hole that goes into the porno business yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just I, I i was like this this is real? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, some people think with the Seth Rogan-ness of it all, the fact that he put this white shag rug over him to look like a dog crawling on the ground to evade the security cameras, he did all of that. That was the that was all the way it's to totally get in. Real. Then yeah. I mean that does that sounds like a Seth Rogan movie trying to Bit, break yeah. into a house. Yeah, yeah. But that was Rand and went in That's amazing. Had no intention of finding a sex tape to manipulate for money, but just took the right. safe, opened it up, found Jules, family photos, other things, and this tape. And so you're right in that his connection, he had dated porn stars, he had stripped in college, he was in at least 75 porn videos. So he knew wow. this world. That is not just a one. It's not that. Yeah. <laughs> the show doesn't even say that. The show like says, oh, he got kind of sucked into it, roped into it here or there. Oh, yeah. That's all. 75 is quite a substantial number, I feel like. Yeah, so he knew the business, took it to the producer that he knew, Ingley, who is the Nick Offerman character. and Beautifully, beautifully casted. Mm -hmm. They went <laughs> and made copies and destroyed the original, and then this is their whirlwind of trying to get 
money from this. So they go to the very known Ron Jeremy, and Mm -hmm. he knew immediately that this is stolen. How did these buffoons get this? So he's like, no, thanks. You don't have the rights <laughs> or releases. Yeah, basically anybody in town is is just you know, um no, because <laughs> it's so regulated and so yeah. They, I mean, yeah. the first thing they're gonna ask you is, do you have releases? I mean, is this legal? Do you own this? Who yeah. owns this? <laughs> <laughs> and they go to this guy Butchie, who is a member of one of New York's organized crime families. Because back in the day, that crime family was the head of illegal porn, and even they were not comfortable (laughs) distributing or developing this material. Wow. So what happens is they lend Ingley 50000 to cover the manufacturing and the internet distribution, and they say, well, this is just a loan. We don't want to be tied to this, but we get interest on the loan, and if it does anything, then we'll take a cut. But they're not going to do it themselves. They They just have the money behind it. That's a deal where somebody thinks you are crazy and you're going to fail, <laughs> but just in the off chance that it's profitable, you know, they're there. We let you the money. Happen. <laughs> yeah. But That's crazy a, that, yeah. Good luck, fall on your face deal. But it shows the lack of care and thought in that none of the porn industry nor New York crime boss families want in on this scheme. But these two guys do. No, if he had done this in, in just a few years earlier, there would have been nowhere hardly to turn. <laughs> right. I, it, yeah. So with the history it, of this, this, I, had to, yeah. this is the precise timing I'm getting at and then, mm-hmm. <laughs> with this, this technology becoming available, the, the public really starting to learn about these things. Yeah. So with the history of the internet, there was only 25 million people in the US and 40 million globally that had internet access at the time. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't streaming video. So their plan was to just make a bunch of copies, sell them. They use the websites for payment to get people to send them money through different accounts and whatnot. But then Ingley, one of his lackeys, just ran his own copies, bootlegged, and sold them out of his trunk separately in LA. And so by December of 95, there was a mention of this video on sale in Los Angeles, but they didn't even know the safe was missing. So it was the news report that said, oh, this thing is out. And then Tommy Lee sees... He sees, oh my God, our safe is gone. <laughs> so this is happening. <laughs> but it wasn't out in the mainstream. So all the stuff with the biker gang coming by looking for Rand and Ingley, yeah. that's all true. He stayed with friends, was lying low. Penthouse Magazine had gotten a copy and they said they wouldn't publish the images, but they would you know, have an article about it. Mm-hmm. Their June 96 issue had written description and exchanges. And this is some of the legal stuff that'll come in later. But the lawyer for Penthouse argued that they forfeited their privacy rights because of what she had done before. She'd posed nude. She was in Playboy. She had discussed her sex life openly. Wow. And so they're saying, that's horrible. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of the mentality that this whole thing is trying to attack. Uh, yeah. Because this is really the what first in the world? sort of viral expression of this and because of who they are in the public. And Well, you yeah. have posed naked before. Yes, for money in a professional <laughs> setting. And I agreed to, you know, like it, yeah. was a, it was a professional job. This was somebody broke into my house and stole a personal home video. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same thing. And it, 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 the mentality there. Uh, that, well, you've done this, you've done this before, or it's been your, you know, this, you've been your line of work is, is one of the grossest things I've, I've heard recently. Sorry. So the other thing legally 
Penthouse got it from another source, so no one in the magazine was involved in the burglary, so that they have more rights in terms of publishing. And then she, in the private video, she had rolled a joint and she had said publicly that she didn't do drugs, so that qualified it as being newsworthy under certain uh, ramifications yeah. in the uh. public interest or whatever. So, but the legal side is they shot it. No one else was there. So they do own the copyright. Which what is, is what she the- on the stand? I'm just saying, you know, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah. Well, good God. Yeah. All the, all the porn producers knew that. And Penthouse, like I said, couldn't print stills or sell the tape, even though they did win the case, they did publish the article about it. So Ingley, who is the other guy, and this is all true, he had the lawyers and the biker gangs and the mob now is like, where's our money? We gave you the loan. So he flees to the Netherlands and more people on the bootleg side of it are making copies. Variety even published a review at a certain point. Mm. It was just spreading and spreading. Good God. The new life of it, which is the internet side of things, which I'm sure they get into in the show, is Mm -hmm. 25-year-old Seth Washarvsky. And he developed a lot of interesting internet things such as pay-per-click ads, streaming video, credit card processing. He had the streaming side of it. His website, Club Love, showed live nude performers. And he was interested in it because he just wanted the publicity of saying, we're going to show this. And then he wasn't actually going to show it and get the lawsuit. But then the judge refused, so he showed it anyways. Pam and Tommy settle with him saying, oh, well, We've lost it all, but if if we make it so that he just shows it on the web, then that will be it. But then he partnered with a manufacturer, and by 98, Uh, any American could walk into an adult video store and pick it up. Oh, my God. So that was then the legal side of things, is they sued this guy in federal court, and this then becomes the conspiracy that a lot of people had, which then perpetuates to other sex tapes as like, oh, maybe this was a private deal, and they shared in the profits. And they both deny that the electrician. From what I can yeah. tell, it destroyed their marriage and basically their careers. That's what. I, so I'm just like I don't understand. Like at the time, it had this plume of interest. Obviously, it created this urban legend, and it had that glow about it for five, ten years or so. Yeah. But in terms of how their careers were immediately affected. Not great. Yeah. Uh, Motley Crue is on the way down. Pamela Anderson is on the, the back end of her Baywatch career being taken less serious as an actress. They right. go out of their way to illustrate this in the show. And I took great pleasure in seeing one of my favorite 90s bands, Fixtionalized, Third Eye Blind, is like oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the young up-and-coming band taking the heat from my, from Motley Crue. <laughs> I, I just, that was a personal... Uh, I just love that. The joy, but, yeah. And, but yeah, they're... They go to great lengths to illustrate this in the show. Uh, I don't understand how the narrative of they're involved or that they were in on it and that this was good for them withstood the test of time. It made more sense with Monica Lewinsky about how she would be painted. Mm -hmm. She was not a celebrity. These people were were celebrity entertainers and they were in the public eye before and after. It's very interesting that we're not getting the real truth of this until 2014 and now 2022 the the show is coming out i'm just amazed that with public figures like this that this public narrative was able to withstand the test of time yeah so that leads us to the creative process who found this article 
worth enough and how did they beat every did it was, was it a was it a rush to try and get this made you know right i'm like stuff. who who yeah I, i'm i'm so i imagine the article sparked the interest right yeah for sure so As this in, so before that nobody is is touting like i think there's a story here no. i've got scripts i'm <laughs> yeah i didn't yeah i didn't feel it that's interesting interesting because it is really the electrician story yeah this is who yeah, they're yeah getting it from and if you don't have Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee on the mic talking about it, it, it doesn't really go anywhere. So yeah. with this, the, the article comes out, it started with the production company that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg have. In 2018, they buy the rights to it. James Franco is their friend, and he's attached to direct and play Tommy Lee also was right. their whole collaboration. He had a bunch of Me Too sexual scandal so he is out of favor in hollywood december of 2020 he's gone the executive producer of this is dv davisentis who was the one of the writers and the co-showrunner of the people versus oj simpson oh, which was go. the okay. american crime yes. story and uh wow. they, they 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 have to bring okay. on new people to this so robert siegel starts writing it he did the wrestler and the founder which are biopic-y yes, pieces. Yes, very good. And then in terms of the comedy, he was the senior editor of The Onion from 96 to 99 while wow. all this was <laughs> happening and the editor-in-chief of The Onion up to 2003. So he wow. he <laughs> fits perfectly with oh what my gosh. they're trying to do with this. Craig Gillespie gets added on after everybody else to direct. He came in after all the scripts were written, along with them, you know, to have a balanced perspective Two other writers were women. Amanda Lewis, the article author, was consulted. And later episodes, Craig Gillespie only directed the first three, and then the rest are directed by women as well. Interesting. Very good. So, okay. Yeah. But like I said, most of the plot beats and the mechanics come from the article. The conversations are dramatized. But the writer, Robert Siegel, when he was asked to do it, he's like, I'm surprised no one has done this. The big news that it got, which is not as interesting to me, but people like it, is the change in appearance and the actual acting that Lily had prosthetics and different contacts and a wig and Sebastian got 30 tattoos and a prosthetic penis and all kinds of <laughs> stuff. What what are you saying? What <laughs> Just the fact that like they they completely transformed these people. It was an odd right, casting right. and then that's what people are into. So there's a moment where he talks with his peanut like two <laughs> like as if it's a friend of his. It's and, a total Seth Rogen comedy moment, basically, of, of him deciding with his own psyche that he's going to marry Pamela Anderson. Yeah. So that <laughs> he's I just looked, talking yeah. to it like his like <laughs> his penis is like animated to talk. Yeah, it's, that was actually an animatronic that was a bit. puppet. Yeah, <laughs> so the four people down below maneuvering it. Um, oh but, my gosh! I so assumed I I assumed it outright it was all the effects. That's amazing that they actually <laughs> puppeteered this thing. Um, it's yeah. worth a good look at it just for that. <laughs> well, the writer was saying, and then I looked into this. He was like, "That was, you know, it was bless Hulu for <laughs> buying that, you know, sell of like we're going to do this." But it isn't original. It's not in the article, but it's taken from Tommy Lee's memoir, Tommy Land. He oh, that's great. Yeah. So oh, he, that's great. He has yeah, a little bit. In his memoir, where he writes from it's, the perspective, it, it, you know, it sounded real. It was like <laughs> as it was playing out, I was laughing, but I was going like, "This is authentic to some degree." I want, I'm, and I'm glad that there's some documentation to back it up to validate it. <laughs> yeah. The most interesting part of adapting this 
which we'll get into now, is they could not get in contact with Rand, the electrician. Tommy mm. Lee was spoken to by Sebastian, the actor, and he was not involved, but he supported it and he was happy. Mm-hmm. The most curious and controversial thing is that Pamela Anderson did not want to be involved despite many attempts to include her. Yeah, she I could, did read she that. Was, and so That's that is what's so interesting is it comments on this cruel violation and then they didn't get a signed release any more than Rand got permission to publish the story. And then here they are, mm-hmm. you know, she's not involved. She isn't being paid. They tried to contact her. She didn't want to have anything to do with it. And it's like, is this Which, what I yeah. read is that she just flat out didn't respond. It wasn't a, uh, in any kind of denouncing or any, any response whatsoever is, did you read something that actually said that she was disliked the idea of it yeah. happening? Yeah. There was more stuff that came out, not from her, but from a, a source close to her that said sh- this was uh, not something that she was interested in or would be ever watching or was, sure, a, was yeah. in approval of. Yeah, she, she I would imagine yeah. that she just wouldn't want to focus on it. <laughs> and that's you essentially know, the, by, by not why saying Why waste anything. your time? Yeah, exactly. Why waste your time? Focus, you have nothing. To, what you know? I would imagine in her point of view, she feels almost like there would be nothing for her to add. She doesn't want to focus on it. She doesn't want to spend her time that she would rather it not probably exist and other people spend their time focusing on it. So I get it. I totally yeah. get it. So it, that's that's what's controversial is because obviously like TV is very collaborative. It doesn't need to hinge on one person, nor is the subject's narrative control the best thing most of the yeah. time because you look at pop star documentaries where it's just a big PR stunt. But you know, it's the, it's the question of like everybody's saying it's they're on her side, they care about her, but then having this series in the limelight is maybe more people are seeking out this and watching uh-huh. the tape it and puts promoting more, it, it. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, absolutely. why? Absolutely. It's something you don't want to talk about. Now you're doing a show about the fallout of something you don't want to talk about happening. Well, now you have to talk around the thing you don't want to talk about. You yes. know what I mean? So like, it, that's. So that's the news that's come out of it. I don't have an opinion on it except I, to say that that's, you know. It's well, just I interesting. Will say that, yeah. I will say that the way that they depict her in the show, I was really, really taken aback by because she is very, very sympathetic and I'm rooting for her. They give her this beautiful little arc um, yeah. about her being taken seriously as an actress. And she absolutely kills this, this uh, audition she's doing with Tommy. She's practicing her lines. She's really trying to get this monologue right for a Baywatch scene. And then it comes time to do it on set. She not nails it out. You know, it's, it's so affecting when she does it with Tommy and she's practicing. And then it comes time to do it on set. And the the production staff, the producers, the director don't even look at her. Yeah. Um, they go, no, we cut it. No, no, it's it's more powerful without it. And she keeps like trying. But, you know, but the, the whole point of the scene was for mm-hmm. X, Y and Z to lead to, you know, a and they're like, yeah, but we think it's more par- powerful with no words. It, and this whole thing comes around with her basically putting a power move on them later down the road because she is smart and understands filmmaking and understands how to steal a shot and finite time and resources. Uh, Actually, we're set up right now in the particular shot that you could cheat the coverage with her tomorrow. I, we are ready to do my monologue right now. Oh, well, (laughs) it was a really, it was a really amazing scene because you saw how smart she was and it put first and foremost on display the acting 
career. Yeah. How important that was to her. It's why this is such an interesting piece is because they obviously do, you know, they're on her side. They're putting the best foot forward to present her and to present the thing in in the light that they hope she would be favorable to. But at the same time, this is a show about consent without the consent of its central subject. Yeah. So yeah. what what to make of that? The, the only other comparable that we did was impeachment American crime story. And as we talked about, Monica Lewinsky was a producer on the all series yeah. and all over it. So that kind of it, it puts some bells in my mind of like, how did they do this? We talk about, oh, it's based on an article or this or that. Why and how, do, you know, when we see these things, do they get shut down or approved or not? Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think we ever really talked about like life rights or how any of that works. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. The life rights, from my understanding, are the rights to a person's life story, photographs, documents related. You know, they the filmmaker should be given this to fictionalize or change at the person's request, but it isn't really needed because you can use publicly known facts unless you're unless you're slandering them exactly. to falsify to cause harm so like the life rights are for things that would be otherwise private like don't try to option an article out of the national enquirer about something <laughs> that's that can't be you know backed up right that's, <laughs> that's not how you would go about like making a story about something that you want to make it about without actually going to the people yeah um <laughs> or the the loophole in the public domain is to tell the story from a different perspective and so, you know, that's based on the article or hustlers. It's like the article writer becomes a character. Or in this exactly. case, it's like, this is the story of the electrician and you use their their public. And he is not facing. getting any gain from the journalist coming to him and asking for his story. This is a journalist's point of view, interviewing, putting it right. out there. These are the facts of the story. It has no it has no bearing on him come getting anything for any of this. Yeah. Um, and in fact, he said it ruined my life and I wish I hadn't, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it sucked. Yeah. So, so that's how they're able to then, well, this is called Pam and Tommy. It's not called Rand the Electrician, right. but that's how you can do it without. But I obviously like it's better to get the life rights if you can, because you always right. want the person on your side or then you can get private facts because they want to cooperate with you. And then you can put them in without being worried about falsifying mm-hmm. or like it helps, but it, it isn't often a contestable case. Right. The, the other thing that it made me think about, which I didn't really ever <laughs> get into was sex tapes of celebrities right. because what's this the is, precedent Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is pretty much the first viral one in that way. In 97, there was an earlier yeah. one from Rob Lowe in 88, but it was not, because one of the girls was underage, so it was more about right. tarnishing his reputation, and obviously that would be that's supremely illegal for even the right. footage to be there. So this was really the first one that put it out in that way. But again, a crime against them; they didn't do it. The next biggest one, and there's only three of these that I think are are the biggest ones that people would know is Paris Hilton in 2003. She had Rick Salomon was her boyfriend from a while before when it was filmed, and he filed lawsuits against the company that put it out and the Hilton family. Oh, wow. yeah. And so it was, it was another case of like, how did this yes. get out there? Yes. It's, it's two people that are involved, but they both don't have, you know, they were not involved in it. However, Paris Hilton's, you know, career was skyrocketing because this thing came out shortly after she was on the simple life with Nicole Richie. This was all in 2003. He actually then put it out as a legitimate thing through red light district media and she never sued him for selling it 
because her lawyer said that she received profits from it, though she could have sued under invasion of privacy because she was involved in it. She put out um, her own documentary uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, really? Um, Paris Hilton. Uh, it's yeah. called This is Paris, where she outright addresses the controversy and how devastating it was. Yeah. Um, so if you're, if anybody out there is interested, I think it's free on YouTube. Um, it's made and by her brand and put out by her, uh, called this is Paris. And if, if I'm not mistaken, they full on address this for a quite a substantial amount of rub time. Yeah. And it, it, it gave me a perspective I never had uh, about that entire thing. I'm so glad you brought it up because it did not come to mind, but there's such a good comparable. Um, yeah. So I, re- I highly recommend that to anybody who's interested in that because it, it absolutely articulates how this almost destroyed her whole life. And again, the, the male-female dynamic of this guy in the aftermath of this thing being released, both against their will, then he says, oh, I'll sell it yeah. and make money. And right. she makes, I, I don't know if she said she that would be like if anything. in this case, if Tommy turned around and was like, yeah, let's let's copy. Let's put it out. Let's <laughs> yeah. put it. <laughs> yeah. So that's what happened God, there. What a nightmare. Yeah. Oh. The other one being Colin Farrell had a lawsuit for his former mm. girlfriend, Nicole, who was the Miss January of Playboy in 2002. And she wanted to market it through the internet because she technically had the rights as its co-creator. And there was a distributor that was allegedly going to pay $3 million, but he had he put uh-huh. a lawsuit to stop it from happening. It appeared online three years later in 2006. This is around the same, you know, the, oh, the scandal uh, yeah. in the lawsuit was around the same time as the Paris Hilton thing. But then somehow they, you know, she denies that it was anything to do with her being, it being put out there, but it still got out. But interesting that one of the, again, one of the co-creators was interested in distributing it. And then of course, yeah. Kim Kardashian in 2007 she had been a friend and stylist for Paris Hilton. She was on The Simple Life. This was released. She sued for invasion of privacy ownership, settled for $5 million, But a lot of people say, you know, this is, the, again, the conspiracy. Chris Jenner deliberately leaked it to them. And Good Lord. it bolstered keeping up with the Kardashians. And, oh, you know, that's why I don't get into any of this stuff, because there right. is no. But with this, in this case, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy says <laughs> they have evidence and he stole it. And it went out, you know, in terms of the Pamela Anderson stuff, this was the first yeah. one. But there are examples of celebrities that do release something to gain publicity. Right. So that's kind of why. And that's interesting because all of those are after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're it's all. Like this- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just the timing ones. This is the first one in, in a complete crime and it gets this narrative. But then afterwards, that narrative nearly plays out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. The Pam and Tommy one was for years an underground thing because of the lack of streaming. It wasn't until Seth comes in, fakes it, and then actually puts it out on his streaming site. But the other ones were sold, but still very much had to do with, oh, you could find this video online. Right if right, you were diligent right. enough. So that's kind of another thing talking about Pam and Tommy. There becomes the question of, well, what can be done about this versus like, well, you're in right. the public sphere and and all the other things that were the litigiousness against Pamela Anderson. So I looked into some of the changes, at least legally, as it relates to this stuff. Yeah. So 48 of the 50 states in the US have some sort of what they call revenge porn legislation, which is not a good title because sometimes it's not revenge and sometimes it's not porn. But right. basically, like posting sexual things online against your will if you were involved in some way 
Um, And some of them, again, have this, oh, well, if it's in the public interest, there's an exception. But that's such small number of cases if it's a political figure. You know, if it's something right related to that i I think it's uh south carolina and massachusetts still don't have any any really any any legislation based on the the website i went on yeah so that starting to feel like this whole 50 states go their own direction yeah (laughs) Yeah. so but that is uh that's the u.s and then another interesting piece that ties back into media from a long time ago but europe argentina the Philippines, there's a thing called the right to be forgotten. Have you ever heard about this? No. This terminology? Oh, no. Can I put this on my epitaph? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, forget. Yeah. Essentially, I mean, that's what it relates to in terms of what you did in your life that should be gone. And it, it, it has a lot to do I with- I reserve like, the right to disappear. Maha. <laughs> as it relates to, you know, criminal- things but it's basically because the internet up to you know unless the apocalypse happens lasts forever and it's very easy right. to then say oh well this thing that i did or if it was an underage thing or if i have a criminal record and i don't want to be that no longer applies but you can still look it up and it's affecting my employment like technically it shouldn't but because you could see that i did this thing even though it it, it was expunged or i was acquit, you know it's like I don't want anybody to know about this. There's legislation in those places that allow for you to send in something to Google and search engines and they can delink things. They're not going to shut down the website or or remove the mm-hmm. video perhaps, but they will But it won't show up in the But search. it won't show up in searches. So what I found though in the US was this there was a case involved in in this kind of right to be forgotten terminology in 1917 and it also involves film and television. So it was in New Orleans, there was this ex-prostitute who was charged with murder and then she was acquitted. And so she Hmm. was just trying to live out her days in peace. There was a 1925 film that came out called The Red Kimono that was an exact duplication of her story and her case. And they even used her real name, Gabrielle Darley Melvin. In the the, See, you could have just changed the name and been like, what? We didn't know. Yeah, so she sued the producer. The, the case is Melvin versus Reed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and interestingly, the, the whole production was very female-friendly. It was one of the few productions in the silent era written and produced by women. Dang. So that's, yeah, they, she won the case, and I don't know that, what, what they the probably would have was. Had, but, yeah. just, it's interesting that they could have just done that without naming her. Yeah. That was <laughs> the, that's the huge misstep is – you don't have to use her name. Now you are attributing it to her when you could have just told the story in an art, you know, an arms, a more fictional way. Yeah. Yes. You know, you change what you want to change about it, but yeah, you could tell the same story. Don't don't use any of the real like facts and names and dates and places, but geez. Well, now uh, we've gotten, that's that's interesting. Yeah. There's such a, we talked about that with some other episodes. It's like when it's the early days of a medium, film in this case this was a silent film it's like they didn't know anything this is how we found that out (laughs) yeah with king kong when we talked about king kong it was like who owns what nobody knows that that was interesting to me that what's happening now with oh i want to be forgotten on the internet has happened in the u.s but in the early days of copyright and slam the right to be forgotten Mm -hmm. i have never heard no it's definitely going to be coming up more as time goes on and people are curious about the internet and what rights to it does come into question. So that that led me to the last little bit about Pamela Anderson and her, I mean, she is in so many advocacy groups and rights and PETA and talked about her sexual abuse as a kid and 
mm. is in support of charities against that, you know, like tons of stuff. One of the things that shocked me that came out very recently, uh, kind of in relation to this and circles all the way back around is her close relationship with WikiLeaks founder, Julian Assange. What? And she's like, we're um, friendly. Yes, very friendly. She's in a relationship with somebody else, but she, this is a direct quote from her from this interview. She said, I love Julian. He's one of the most interesting people I've ever met. He's very brave and there's nothing sexier than courage, which is so interesting because his whole thing is about the release of information, show all the information, right. you know, and then yeah. she was directly affected in the negative way, obviously that, you know, her thing was illegal and stolen. But a lot, but that's the controversy on his side is people say, oh, he stole stuff and it shouldn't have been right. put out there. So it's just so fascinating oh, that that's they, fascinating. they have a very close kinship and are, and are close, close friends. Who would have thought? I'm baffled. <laughs> I'm just staring into the sun right now. It's like pondering how in the right. world. It seems is, like a multiverse sounds ludicrous. Yeah. 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 It sounds insane. Yeah. She very and much that is. She could admire what he is doing after being. Mm -hmm. the victim of what she was the victim of. It's just, that's uh, incredible. <laughs> yeah. So that's, it's all to say that she's a much more complicated, nuanced person than that's the kind of, well, why are they making this? And it's like, maybe people should look into what you thought of as just like the rock star Hollywood celebrities exactly. and the, the one line sentence story around them and what they are now or what even you didn't know about before. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Well, thank you, Taylor. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening to us. If you would do us a favor, go out there and give us a rating on wherever you're, whatever platform you're listening to this on. Give us a rating. We would really appreciate it. You don't know how much it helps us. And then also, if if you could share an episode with a friend, something that you liked, if you really liked our Dune episode, we got a lot of comments on that. People are curious about it still. Recommend an episode to a friend. That would also help us out. Also, if there's anything that you are curious about on TV, coming out in theaters, let us do the work for you. Get in <laughs> touch with us at IlliteratePod. Uh, let us know what you're interested in. You never know when we'll do an episode about your most interested thing. At IlliteratePod on Instagram, send us a message and we will catch you next week. Next week.